0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com
1: for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When the red light goes... Uh, take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This Is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. All right.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome on in to the latest edition of the Off Air podcast. And this, folks is the show that is constantly changing these days. <laughs> we got another surprise for you guys this week. As my buddy, pal, and amigo Dylan Matthews is hopping on the podcast. Why, you might ask? Well, our very own Mike Conte got the Off-Air Podcast bounce, and he is now calling the Hawks game tonight on the old tube on the TV. Hmm. And, uh, of course, we wish our buddy Bob Rathbun a speedy recovery after he uh, was dealing with a medical situation during the game just a few nights ago. So Mike Conti gets the call up to the varsity squad. And in slides, Dylan Matthews, producer of the John Chuckery Show and host of the Hometown Take.
1: Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Dylan, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. And yeah, people are getting slid up and called out of the bullpen, so I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're gonna do something similar with what we did with Mike Conti in the last episode. Yeah, introduce our audience to you, your uh, career in media, and how you got up to this point. So, first off, uh, how'd you get involved in radio, man? What what was the the, the bug that got you to start scratching?
1: So what got me starts to start scratching is I always was in love with sports. I always loved playing sports. You know, I'm, I'm very competitive and once I figured out I wasn't going to make it to the NBA or anything like that, because basketball is my, is my first love. Once I figured out I wasn't quite good enough to make it to the NBA, I needed a backup plan, obviously. So at first Believe it or not, I actually was like, oh, you know, it would be cool to be a physical therapist. But then I was like, wait, you have to like be darn near a doctor to be like a physical study, therapist. Study. Yeah, you got to study, study. So I was like, nah, I'm not going for that. So I remember distinctively one night I was watching a basketball game on ESPN. I don't remember which one it was. I was just, but then I thought to myself, like, hey, like it would be pretty cool to like be doing play-by-play at that point i know it's called play-by-play but it'll be pretty cool to be on there just like talking about what's going on in the game so i want to do that so i found out what i needed to like major in and everything um so then as soon as i got to college i signed up for um I've, i signed up to volunteer for the radio station the college radio station there at the university of West Georgia. And I signed up to be, and that's when I just went on my visit. So, like, as soon as my first semester started, I was already volunteering with the radio station. So I volunteered for a semester. I was able to get a small, like, paid position in my second semester training the the newcomers. And then after my freshman year, who the the then sports director, who actually worked at 92.9 for a little bit, Justin Ransom, he graduated. And so I became the sports director my sophomore year, and I was the sports director from my sophomore year until I graduated. And then, um, so yeah, that that's kind of how I that's how kind of everything got started.
0: And then once you got to ninety two nine, the game, um, I'm sure it was a little bit of a reality check because you got to start yeah. from the bottom, bottom to work yeah, your way yeah. up.
1: Yeah, you got to you got to pay a lot of dues. So uh, continuing the story where I left off, you know, I was a sports director, and then. I was actually hosting a tailgate show um, because we did tailgate shows for uh, for the football games. So I was hosting a tailgate show. And uh, one of our one of a West Georgia alumni, Chris Adamson, he was actually there. He was at the tailgate show. Um, so obviously, he thought I was doing a pretty good job because he came up to me afterwards. And he said, you know, if you if you need a job or anything, you know, I'll try to help you out. And at that time he was working at iHeartMedia in uh, kind of the promotions department. So uh, he brought me in. Luckily enough, when I graduated, he brought me in kind of a month after I graduated as a promotions tech. So I did that for a couple of months. And then Justin Ransom was still working at 929 two nine the game. And uh, he was able to put it put in a good word for me. I also reached out to uh, like um, John Michaels. He used to be the host of Rick and John on ninety two nine. I reached out to him. He put in a good word for me. Um, and then you know, one day Sean Thompson, our our old boss, he called a, he called me up, and uh, we we made it happen. But yeah, once I got to 929, nine, it was it was um, overnight shifts, mm-hmm. it was babysitting the board, it, it was that for a good little while before I actually started to produce live shows and get my feet wet and all that good stuff. So yeah, it was paying your dues for sure.
0: And that uh, that makes you appreciate when you get that full-time check and you get those full-time benefits yeah, and the salary. Uh, this is a business where you really got to earn it, but it also makes you have to understand, you know, what you're working with, the equipment, the mm-hmm. personalities, as you get to fill in on full-time shows and you become a member of the radio station. So now that you've been, how long has it been that you've been with uh, Chuckery full-time?
1: Uh, It's been probably it'll be pretty close to a year once we get into like the new year calendar i think i don't remember the exact day i became full-time but i think it was around like march or something like that so we're we're pulling up on a year pretty soon in a few months and
0: what would you what do you think are the biggest things that he's taught you uh and you've learned being a full-time producer on a full-time show monday through friday
1: uh the probably the biggest takeaway i've had is like you really have to you know, put your as a producer, you kind of have to put your mark on a show and you kind of have to put your own imprint on a show and kind of, you know, obviously it's it's the whole show, but you have to also find a way to put your own flavor on and kind of make it your own in the same sense as a producer. Like, you know, for your instance on on Dukes and Bell, I I love when you you kind of you repurpose audio. And even when you did this, like I remember listening to you when um, I was doing overnight shifts and you were working with Amy Lawrence. I remember like uh, like the way you repurpose audio and kind of just made it funny. You, you brought that same thing to Dukes and Bell like, you know, that like I was like, oh, you know, that's really cool. Like I want to be able to kind of do stuff like that. So just kind of putting your own mark on on a show and, you know, just just making it making it your own and, you know, kind of making making sure you kind of put you put that put that producer stamp on the show i'm like you know okay like i can tell this is a i can tell dylan is producing the show or i can tell chris is producing their show so you know doing things like that whether it's you know you know when when you talk on the air sometimes uh, the kind of things that you stay or the way that you deliver you know the kind of drops that you play or whatever you know your, your your timing and things like that so that's kind of the biggest takeaway i've learned is kind of putting your own stamp on things
0: and how is your relationship with chuckery Grown because i know you guys have a good back and forth going
1: yeah yeah me me and chuckery uh it is a good relationship and and the the cool thing about working with chuckery is that you know when i did become full-time we really already had that chemistry obviously it's even grown since then but i'd filled in for jarvis who you know he's the one that used to produce chuckery before me I filled in for Jarvis a lot. Like there were times where I filled in a whole week for Jarvis, you know, like three straight days or something like that. So Chuckery and I already had a good feel for each other. We already had that. We already had a, had that chemistry and really we just kind of, you know, let it, let it grow on top of that foundation that we already had. So no, it's good. It, it's a fun relationship too, because obviously I'm pretty young. I'm 26 years old and Chuckery is like old enough to be my dad at this point. So right. it's fun. He, You know, he loves calling, you know, young people dopey millennials. And he always sets me up for failure and asks me about things he knows I know nothing about, you know, to try and make me sound like a dopey millennial on the air. So it's fun in that respect, because, you know, at this point, I've embraced the fact that anything Chuckery probably asked me, I know nothing about. So, like, for example, last night he he had what did he ask me about? He asked me if I knew. um, Oh, he asked me if I knew Hosea Williams. And I was like, no, I know Jose Altuve. So, like, I'll just say something, like, completely random. Um, and I'll just make him shake his head. So, I've kind of found enjoyment in that now, making him, like, disappointed.
0: Well, for your sake, I have no idea who that is either. So, if he's Thank dropping. You. And I'm pretty good with movie and TV references and stuff like that. But, you know, that's a Mike Bell staple as well. Yeah, right. he'll drop <laughs> He'll drop something from, like, you know. Con Air 1985 and he's like you've never seen Con Air I'm like I was no. negative 7 when bro. that movie came out bro
1: Exactly and like they're always like but how, how could you possibly not heard of like I didn't hear about it like I wasn't I was not worried about that stuff like people always like talk about like how you're supposed to go back and do your homework and know about these certain things it's like no that's not necessarily the case like whenever I got into music or whenever I got into movies like I was into what was hot then, like not necessarily like okay, there may be some exceptions like Star Wars or something like that, but that's because it's still like thrown in your face, like they're still making new Star Wars, you know. So some of the stuff when they're like, oh, you you should have heard of this, like no, not necessarily, like especially when it comes to music, people all and Sean Thompson was bad about this, like getting on me with music too, like always talking about how do you yeah you don't know nothing about that. I was like, I don't listen to this music, bro. Like I don't know what you want me to say, like. When I got into music, this is not what was playing on the radio, or this is not what I had interest in. So, no, I know nothing about whatever genre artist you're talking about. Exactly. All right,
0: let's transition with our fancy uh, fancy sound sound effect that we got going on here. Um, All right, so me and you and a few others at the station have gotten some really cool opportunities over the last year to uh, get behind the mic right um hosting our own shows myself bo morgan have uh the other side of the glass you have the hometown take abe gordon has uh the TL show you mentioned the dopey millennials before yeah. so the station's uh taking back the weekends which has been awesome and given a bunch of guys who are hungry to get on the air uh, a chance to really hone our craft and uh See if we can do this damn thing. So, what was your take us back to your first show. How are you feeling the second that mic cracked?
1: I was, you know, obviously there were a little bit of nerves there, but like being honest, I wasn't really that nervous and it felt it felt good, honestly, like it felt more like a finally, like a like a like a sigh of relief. Mm. type of deal more than it was like oh my gosh i'm about to go live on there for a couple of reasons one is because you know we 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 it's not like we've never when we started hosting it's like we've it that wasn't the first time we've talked on air or been on a, a live radio show like we we talk as producers which you know i'm glad that they give us the opportunity to do that because um i think it was was w- I think it was before you got here that our mics were dead. Did you hear about that, though? Like, did you hear about, like, the, the time period that where our was, mic, we couldn't talk? That was before I got
0: here, thankfully, because yes. that would have been a disaster.
1: But, uh, yes, I
0: did hear the legend of a former boss of ours who shall remain nameless uh, physically cut off the microphone yes. for the
1: producers. Yeah, we literally, like, if we tried to turn our mics on, it wouldn't work. We could talk back, but we just if we tried to turn our mics on to be on the air, it just would not work. So... Um, yeah, so that happened for a little bit, but luckily before I got there, I was able to, we were able to talk for a little bit and then obviously we had that stretch and then coming back, uh, the mics came back. So that was good. But even before 92.9, like I had did, I I did some things with, uh, I radio when I was a promotions tech, like we went out to events and I talked on the PA and, um, even before then, when I was at the college radio station at the university of West Georgia, we 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 made our own shows i executive produced a couple of shows i hosted a couple of shows like i said i hosted a tailgate show so it was not my first time being in a live on air situation or in a situation where i'm talking in front of people or talking to people so honestly it it felt kind of natural and like i said it was more of a relief and more of a excitement than a nervousness because i felt like i was ready and i felt like you know i was ready for that opportunity so I was just ready to take advantage of it when when that time finally came along. So, yeah, I, I was really more so super excited and ready to show everybody that, you know, I got the chops to do this and I already know I can do this. And it's just a, point, a matter of showing everybody and letting everybody hear that I can do this.
0: Yeah, the cliche now becomes we all have to find our voice, <laughs> our radio voice. That's But it's true because we have to all sort of shape you know, we all have different personalities. We all right. like to include different things in our shows. Right. Um, just from a standpoint, even things like how much audio do you want to play? How many guests do you want to have? Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to come out with a hot take? Like what, what type of host do you want to be? And that's, that's all part of this growing process. So what type of host are you Dylan Matthews?
1: I'm fun. I'm upbeat. I'm energetic. Um, I think that's really I really think that's my main thing. I think when you when when people when I want people to talk about me or when people talk about me hosting, I want them to know energy and I want them to say how they're never bored and it's never a dull moment. I mean, that probably goes for any host, but I think specifically for me, like as soon as you hear my voice, I want you to automatically like feel an energy, like feel a different energy when when I'm on the air. Um and you know that's not to say that I'm like all in your face so much I'm like I can be chill but I want you just feel like that kind of different energy so when when to answer the question of what kind of host am I I'm an energetic host um I'm a fun host um so I I think that's 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 the kind of host I am I'm one that's you know not necessarily gonna be that like in your face "Whoa, whoa 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 like moving a thousand miles per hour type of guy but I'm gonna be the type of dude that you're. Continuously having fun, and, and you always are upbeat and you're energetic, and then there's never really a, a dull moment throughout throughout uh, the show. Another thing that
0: the I know Odyssey is really focused on is the digital department. Yes, and that is something that you uh, bring to the table. I've even seen you bring equipment into the studio to record your own shows and uh, your YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. So for the people who don't know out there preach to them about how important it is to have the digital presence,
1: man. I mean, part of the digital presence is the reason I got on the air in the first place. So, and it, it, and it presents opportunity, other opportunities as well. So like when I started my YouTube channel, like about probably two years ago to this point and really started seriously doing YouTube, like, you know, it took a while for it to get off the ground. but once it get off the ground, I got, I got a few like opportunities from it. So you know obviously that was it was the main thing that i showed to mike and i showed him like i can grow an audience and i can have an audience listen to me and like i can have people come back because like on youtube you can pull up analytics about like returning viewers and you know new viewers and things like that so i showed him i was like i can bring in new viewers and keep in my same audience at the same time and even besides that you know like I was able to get like a sponsorship opportunity, like where people like were sponsoring my videos and things like that. So, you know, it's just it just goes to show that, you know, you it's important to kind of create your own lane. And like the biggest way to do that now is digitally. And like there are so many different platforms and avenues that you can, you know, create your own voice and find your own voice on, on a digital platform, whether it's YouTube or you know, a podcasting platform. So it it's really important in the fact that you there's so many ways you can go with it and there's so many things you can do digitally that you maybe not necessarily can can do on the air you know i think about Andy and Randy and the way they have their um uh off the cuff podcast and like sure. you know you're you're getting a whole different vibe you know andy and randy you know they have fun and they're goofy and stuff but off the cuff it it, it just I think it's a whole nother vibe from what the actual show is, you know, and in a good way too. So I just think there are so many different ways and avenues. You can express yourself maybe more than you can on a, you know, on a, on a radio platform or a national platform. You, maybe you can show them more personality, be a little bit more loose and, you know, so I think there are just so many benefits to, to, to being digital as far as, you know, more personality you can be yourself you can you can. there's just so many more things you can do i feel like
0: all right let's fast forward two years from now you've kept your head down you put the work in it's time for the next step (laughs) what do you ultimately want to do
1: so the next step for me is definitely like having my own show full-time so i I think that's the next biggest step for me is having is being a full-time on-air personality um And also, too, like I still there is still like things I want to do, like I'm like on the side. I'm doing like public like P.A. announcing. Like I did P.A. announcing for Georgia softball. I'm going to do it for uh, Emory basketball as well. So Mm. like I still want to do like P.A. I still want to do play by play. Um, So those are probably the next big steps to me, like finding ways where I can be doing P.A. and doing like play by play and stuff like that, like on a regular basis. So, you know, I I think that's really the next big step for me having being on air full-time and you know traveling into those other avenues of you know doing play-by-play and doing pa on a on a more regular basis
0: all right one more here we go there it is (laughs) never gets old all right so our hall of fame audio clip of the day dylan know you're a big uh hawks fan and big nba guy so i pulled a clip that uh has had the ATL uh, up causing a little bit of a stir this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, of course, Trey and Nate McMillan, the head coach. Not exactly on the same page these days, but according to Nate, uh, any sort of beef has been squashed and they're moving on. So let's hear from our coach and then we will react. I mean, we're okay. together a lot. We're family. Okay. Things are going to happen. Um uh, uh, during the course of a season. Uh, but I've addressed my team uh, about that. I've talked with Trey about that. We're moving forward. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during
1: inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Uh, we're on to Cincinnati, as Bill Belichick would say, but Dylan, I think you know, uh, there's something going on behind the scenes there, my guy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's getting fishy, it's getting a little smelly here in the ATL. And I, I mean, Nate, that sounds good. I, I, I love to hear it, but I need to see it. Like, I need to see you guys are good, and I need to, you know, see that you know y'all have moved on i need to see that on the court i need to see that energy happen on the court where to we are back to winning basketball games at a higher clip than we've been and i need to see us not blowing fourth quarter leads now is that necessarily affecting like is what nate mcmillan and trey are having have going on is that necessarily affecting the play on the court it could be it could not be but well, i'm not just sure.
0: lost to the thunder
1: exactly when you had another fourth quarter lead And then out of the last four losses, they have had double digit leads at some point in the second half, I think in the fourth quarter, too. So I need y'all to stop blowing double digit leads in the second half. And in the fourth quarter, I need y'all to be winning basketball games at a higher clip. And tonight's an important game against, you know, the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Like, y'all say y'all are good. Okay, well, show me y'all are good and go out there and play a good basketball game. So. You know, it sounds good, Nate, but I need to see it because until I start to see more of a winning product and then winning basketball games at a higher clip, I I have no, have no reason to believe that y'all have solved this issue because, you know, it it seems like it's been, it's been affecting y'all. And, you know, you can't always see those type of things on the court, but after a while it does, it does come to a head and looks like it's, it's all finally coming to a head and hopefully. They do have it solved, so it can stop defecting play on the court.
0: So first there was LP. He gone. Yep. JC rumors one through five. (laughs) Latest one was that the Nets were interested. Right. Uh, JC has to come on Dukes and Bell and say, we're good. We're not BFFs, but, you know, we're fine when it comes to being on the court. Now there's Nate McMillan. What's the commonality in all this? Unfortunately, it happens to be Trey Young. Dylan, is Trey Young a
1: problem? um problem is maybe a little harsh I don't know if I want to go as full out as saying a problem is it becoming a problem yes I don't want to say it's a full-blown problem yet but I do think it is becoming a problem and it's a problem that Trey needs to fix and fix quickly because like you said he had there has been a lot of running and you know I don't want to put lloyd pierce all the way on him because lloyd pierce was just kind of a bad basketball coach and nobody really liked lloyd pierce so i don't want to fully put lloyd pierce on him but there was the whole thing with with john collins and you know john collins was basically saying like hey bro like pass the ball around a little bit move the ball around a little bit more because the way you're doing it is not the way a, a offense should be ran and i mean it, it, there is something to be said behind when Trey Young's not in the game, and we noticed it in, in the Denver game that he missed because of the spat between him and Nate McMillan. The ball movement was a lot better. Uh, the, the offense seemed more fluid and free-flowing. So there is something to be said about that. And now he's got this whole running with Nate. And I will say this. I do think Nate McMillan was being a little harsh and maybe a tad bit unreasonable from what I've heard, because obviously what we heard is Trey young wanted to focus on treatment and Mm -hmm. even on his shoulder. Nate McMillan said, no, I need you to be at shoot around. And again, I don't know the policies and procedures behind the Atlanta Hawks. I don't want to act like I know. So maybe, maybe there are important things happening at shoot around, but From what I know about a shoot around, they really don't seem to be that deep, but maybe they are, especially with Nate McMillan shoot around. I don't know. But again, it's Trey Young. It's your top guy. If he wants to treat his shoulder and if there really is something going on with his shoulder that's nagging him, don't you want him to be more healthy for the game than, you know, being at a shoot around so that's the only thing I, I kind of side with Trey Young on I don't think he was being unreasonable wanting to treat his shoulder and solely treat his shoulder because I mean going back <laughs> just to give an example like Julio Jones would not practice the whole week and maybe right. like the little walkthrough on Friday and he would still be out there playing in the game and he would ball out so I don't I think Trey Young would be able to do the same thing but you know may, maybe it's a maybe it's a little bit more different and maybe it's deeper than that than I know but I will say this about Trey Young he has to mature a little bit. He definitely has to mature because even with a situation like that, if your coach really wanted you out shoot around, you, at this point, you are the franchise. Like, you are the face of the Atlanta Hawks. Even though DeJounte Murray is here now, you are still the face. You are still – when people talk about the Atlanta Hawks, they, they talk about Trey Young. When the Atlanta Hawks are trying to market, you know, you to buy tickets, they, they want you to say, hey, come see Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. So you have to take a certain responsibility when it comes to that. And certain responsibility is, you know, you're not always going to have it your way. And that goes for anything in life, and that goes for anybody. You're not going to always have your way. Things aren't going to always be exactly what you want them to be. So sometimes you got to compromise. And I feel like he didn't compromise at all with Nate McMillan. So, And and not to say that Nate McMillan tried to compromise with him, but – you know, at some point as a leader, you have to try to find compromise and you have to lead by example. And I don't think Trae Young has necessarily done a great job of that, really, since he's been in Atlanta, Hawk, besides of, you know, just being the best player on the court. So it it's makes year, be-
0: year five, bro.
1: And Yeah. And maybe that's his way of leading. I don't know. But I, I just wish he would something like that. I just wish he could have gotten over, just kind of shaking off and be like, you know what? OK, Instead of making this a bigger deal because this obviously became a big deal, you know what happened. Instead of this coming up becoming a big deal, instead of me not being at the stadium and now possibly causing a distraction for my team, which he did cause a distraction, instead of doing all that, let me just go to shoot around and and and, and play the game and just move forward. But again, he, he took he took the me route, which I don't like. He needs to start taking the we route instead of the me route. And He's been taking a little too much of the me route uh, in his past couple years.
0: On the court, too, uh, 13 and 11, um, average at best. I mean, they're losing to some bad teams. So not only do they need the structure off the court, but they just need to flat up pick it up on the court. I mean, I know you're down J.C. and Hunter right now, but you got some winnable games coming up. Got to take advantage, Dylan.
1: You have to. You're on a stretch right now where – Like you said, you have some winnable games coming up. And even though you're technically sitting okay in the Eastern Conference standings, you have let a lot of games slip that you should have won. Again, your last four losses, you had double-digit leads in, In at least in the second half. I think those are all in the fourth quarter as well. Be either way it goes, those are all games you should have won. You should have never lost to the Rockets. You should have never lost to OKC and you know there there are more there are more games that that you let slip away this season so the Hawks should be a lot better and they need to be a lot better down the stretch and it starts with the Knicks who stink they suck they you need to go in there and and get right this needs to be a get right game against the Knicks tonight in MSG Trey we we know how he is in MSG he's going to be fired up I'm sure DeJounte will be fired up everybody should be fired up and you know, you, you got to get back right on the court. And, you know, hope oh, maybe that starts with, you know, getting right off the court. But either way it goes. I need to see some more winning going on with the Atlanta Hawks because you've already, again, you haven't necessarily lost ground in, in the in the east, but you have wasted multiple opportunities to separate yourself in the east. You could be you could be higher in the east right now if you close out at least those four games that you had double digit leads in and and some other games that you had no business losing as well. So they got to clean it up. They got to learn how to finish. And, you know, they they just got to start winning some more games, point blank, period.
0: And how about our boy Cam Reddish out of the rotation? (laughs) He's done. He's cooked.
1: Oh, our boy Cam.
0: All right. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for filling in on this edition of the Off-Air Podcast. This was fun. Hope the people got some uh, tips and tidbits for – if you're out there trying to start your broadcast career or interested in sports radio, you got to grind, baby. That's what it's all about.
1: Yes, you gotta sir. grind.
0: So, uh, Dylan, where the where can the people follow you on social media?
1: So you can follow me at Twitter and at Instagram at underscore <coughs> Dylan Matthews. Yeah, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel if you want. Since we there talked about it, it's just Dylan Matthews. Only one T in Matthews. It's pretty. It's unique that way. My last name is unique. It's usually two T's in Matthews, but it's only one. And uh, yeah. That's about it. So give me a follow or subscribe to the YouTube channel. All right.
0: And as always, I am at C Thomas Radio. This has been the latest edition of the Off Air Podcast.